Lots of times with dying people in the hospital, not always, but lots of times elderly people will say, my mother was here last night, or my brother was here last night, and they're not living anymore. They said they're not here. This is Father Rich Bartosek. He's been the director of spiritual care at Beaumont Gross Point for the last 17 years. I don't know what they see. I'm not going to judge what they're what they're seeing anymore or what they see. And maybe maybe that is someone coming from heaven to take them home to heaven. But that's my experience of what dying people go through. It's what I see happening as well as my other chaplains. I'll say, so-and-so's mom was here last night. We need to watch. You could be close. The nurses see those signs. Those signs happen too. Altogether, he spent almost 30 years in healthcare and chaplaincy. That liminal space between life and death, he's well acquainted. So when it comes to talking about what for many can be an uncomfortable reality, he has no trouble talking about it. That's the bulk of his job. So, you know, death is something we're all going to do. We just don't plan for it and talk about it. It's something people are all going to go through. But it will say, I don't want to talk about that, you know, right now. And we should. We should talk about our death. We should talk about how we want our life celebrated. We should talk about, are we concerned? Are we afraid? Today on Detroit Stories, we have a conversation on death and burial with three men who, far from shying away from it, have made it their life's mission and work. Welcome to Detroit Stories, a podcast on a mission to boldly share the stories of the people and communities in Southeast Michigan. These are the stories that fascinate and inspire us. As Catholics, We pray, worship, and live in holy spaces. From grandiose cathedrals to tiny adoration chapels where we meet Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. But what about our final resting place? A Catholic burial in consecrated ground among fellow believers is the sacred rite of every Catholic. A tradition since the catacombs, it is the final expression of our Catholic faith, a silent witness to our hope in the resurrection. Archdiocese of Detroit Catholic Cemeteries provide an environment of comfort and solace for loved ones, a powerful reminder of our eternal life with Jesus Christ. Offer your family this gift by planning for your eternal rest in a Catholic cemetery. To learn more about the work of Catholic funeral and cemetery services, our history and our Catholic burial traditions, call and visit one of our locations today. We're ready to help ensure that your wishes are met and provide peace of mind for yourself and your loved ones. You might find it surprising, but Timothy Schramm is wildly passionate about his job. He is the owner and CEO of Howe Peterson Funeral Homes. I have been in funeral service for uh, 35 years. I have worked in every position at our funeral home uh, as far as a part-time funeral service associate, a resident trainee, a licensed funeral director, a location manager, uh, director of operations, chief operating officer, and in 2015 began an ownership transition with the Peterson family, in which I had worked for three generations of the Peterson family, uh, and we completed that ownership transition in 2017. He's also the former president of the Michigan Funeral Directors Association, is currently a trustee for the Michigan Mortuary Science Foundation and sits on the Funeral Directors Advisory Board for the Archdiocese of Detroit. It's clear from his resume that to Tim, this is more than a job. Funeral direction was the celebrated answer to a young vocational quest and the prize of many devoted hours of study. It started in his senior year of high school. I wanted to do something that mattered, that that made a difference and 
people's lives. I have a passion to help others. Um, and as a high school senior exploring career opportunities, what did I want to do? I knew more what I didn't want to do. I got an athletic scholarship to Wayne State University, and going through the course catalog, I found mortuary science. Um, and just looking at the the courses, always loved science, always loved anatomy, um, biology, microbiology, chemistry, um, always favorite courses when I was in high school. There were business courses, which certainly interested me. Uh, social courses, philosophy, psychology, sociology, um, you know, the humanities, um, which again, I always had an interest in. So in his senior year of high school, when his friends were meeting with doctors, teachers, and football recruiters, Tim was busy shadowing five funeral home directors. All of them said, don't do it. You'll hate your life. It's 24-7, 365. You're going to work nights, weekends, holidays. Um, you're going to miss family events, um, you know, weddings, birthdays, anniversaries, blah, 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 because you have to work. Um, but the fifth funeral director I talked to was Joe Peterson uh, here at Hal Peterson Funeral Home. Hal Peterson, a Dearborn-based funeral home, serves 500 to 600 families a year and has been serving the surrounding families since 1873 when it was started by the Michigan Central Railroad Station Master, a member of the Howe family, to assist local farmers in conducting funerals. Joe Peterson was different from the other funeral directors. He wasn't in the business because it was his family's business. He was in it because he felt deeply passionate about helping families at this difficult time in their lives, and his passion encouraged him. Joel told Tim to give him a call when he was in his last year of school and that he'd give him a job. And five years later, he did. Tim's been there ever since. I tell my staff and, and I tell families all the time, the day I stop shedding a tear on a funeral is the day I'm done as a funeral service professional because I'm just not emotionally connected anymore. In the 35 years since he started there, that day hasn't come because Tim makes a point to deeply and emotionally invest in the families he works with. My responsibility as a funeral service professional is to get to know the deceased. That's a unique life that has been lived and in order for me, for any funeral service professional, right, we have to get to know the deceased. We have to spend time with the family asking questions exploring the uniqueness of that individual, special relationships, their spirituality, their hobbies and interests. You know, those are all important things to learn about in order for us to do our job well. We have to get to know the deceased so we can honor their memory in a way that we believe the deceased themselves would be proud of, in a way that the family will find to be meaningful, to be memorable, because this is a one-time opportunity to do something that people will never forget. And the other thing is empathy, right? I, as, a, as a funeral service professional, I have to connect emotionally 
to the situation that family is in. I'm sitting across the table from from a family who has lost a parent, right? I, I can I can emotionally connect with that because I've been through that, right? I I can say to them, I know how you feel. I know what you're going through. To to sit across from a family that has lost a child, has lost an infant, right? My wife and I unfortunately experienced the 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 death of an infant and so i i can i can sit across from a t- the table from a family from parents and say i know what you're going through i know how you feel that that just brings a, a sense of of understanding and calm right there for for the family Working this intimately with a family who is grieving, shedding tears daily can be taxing. My kids, my two boys, they will tell you when they, you know, when they were younger, I mean, you know, my my kids are in their 30s now. Um, but, I, you know, when they were younger, there were days that that I would come home from work and, and I would just grab them and, and hug them and, and hug them tight and tell them how much I love them. Because I had just, you know, I had met a family and, you know, maybe there was some estrangement. Kids had fallen out of their li- out of the lives of their parents, right? There was not great feelings between siblings, you know, those types of things. And I just, I, I wanted my, my, my kids to know how much I loved them and, and how happy I was to be at home. There'd be times where after working seven days and supposed to be off for two days, and then I'd get a phone call, right? Somebody I know has died. Somebody has died that I have a connection with the family and they're asking for me, right? And sorry, guys, I got to go, right? And turn mm-hmm. around and leave. But he has ways of coping. Care for the caregiver, right? That's, that's really what it's all about. Care for the caregiver. You know, everybody that I know in funeral service, everybody has their their coping mechanisms. My wife, um, I'm blessed, I'm lucky. Um, most would say I married up. Um, I, my <laughs> wife is, is um, first of all, she's the love of my life. Um, she is my best friend. She's the mother of my children. She is my biggest supporter, my biggest cheerleader. Um, and, and so after a really hard day, I, I can go home and know that I have a shoulder I can lean on. I, I have a shoulder I can cry on. That also I have somebody who, if I just need to be quiet, is okay with me, you know, being quiet. Um, I, I, she just, I, I, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today without her. Another thing on Tim's desk is a prayer card of Joseph of Arimathea, patron saint of funeral directors. I, I look at it every day because what I and what we in funeral service have the opportunity to do every day is a sacred act. 
right? There, there has been some sort of funeral ritual going all the way back to the Neanderthals. They, they gathered their dead and placed them together. The only way I can explain it is I believe it's a sacred right and it's a sacred duty, right? The, the, the Catholic Church teaches, right, a corporal act of mercy, caring for the dead, caring for the grieving. That's my calling. And I, I just, I think it's amazing. For me, it's a sacred duty. Joseph of Arimathea, he was Christ's funeral director. He was the one that took the care of Christ's body. He was the one that wrapped him, placed him in the tomb. If what I do every day doesn't signify that sacred act, right? that Joseph of Arimathea did. I, I, that's, that's the way I look at it every day. I'm walking in his footsteps. The man who cared for Christ's body. That's what I get to do every day. That's pretty amazing to be able to be a part of that sacred act, to feel that sacred call that's special. Before coming to Howe Peterson, Tim had never been to a Catholic funeral. As a Lutheran, he had been unfamiliar with the service and was absolutely awed by the rite. I think the Catholic funeral rite is the most beautiful funeral ritual uh, of all Christian religions. I mean, I, you know, listen, I, I, uh, I've done Baptist funerals, Lutheran funerals, Methodist funerals, Presbyterian funerals. Right? They're, they're all beautiful in their own way. But the, the Catholic funeral ritual, the reminders, right? The, the, the blessing of the body of the water of baptism. I mean, that just, I have, I have chills right now just saying it, right? Because it just, it reminds you of your own baptism and what it means as a, as a Christian, right? When, when, when we come into the Catholic Church with that deceased, with their family, and the, the priest blesses the casket with the water recalling their baptism they received and the salvation that you get from that, right? It, it gives me chills, right? It reminds me of my Christian faith. And I, I just think that's beautiful. And then placing the pall over the casket. Again, wrapping the body in white. Again, recalling all our baptism and how then we were wrapped with the body and the salvation of Christ. That's a beautiful moment for every Christian that is is in that sanctuary, right? It reminds all of us of what we have received. For Tim, this isn't an income, a job. It's a spiritual calling, one that he takes as seriously as you would hope for the person directing your loved one's funeral. Preparing the journey for people's eternal home is a position he bears with honor and gratitude. I, I firmly believe that 
if you are truly going to be an exceptional funeral service professional, you take this as a calling. You you take this as you you take it so personal that God has put this into your life, this opportunity to provide this sacred act of caring for the dead. It's an amazing opportunity to be able to help people in in the one of the most difficult times in their lives. A death has occurred, a loved one has died. The 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 pain, the anguish, the grief, they can see a light in us uh, as funeral directors providing expert guidance and in, in, in professional direction. And to have people come up to you afterwards with a tear in their eye and say, we couldn't have gotten through this without you. Thank you so much. Right, I, I, my wife and I will walk through the grocery store and people will come up to me and, and give me a hug and say thank you for something that I I cared for their family five years ago, seven years ago, 10 years ago, whatever it is, right? It, it just, you make mm-hmm. an impact in people's lives. And that's an amazing opportunity. And my, you know, my dad, he drilled, I have three siblings, he drilled in the four of us. Find something you love to do and you will never have to go to work a day in your life. And his advice was so true. I have found something that I love to do, that I feel I've been called to do, to care for my fellow man, my fellow human being, my fellow community members, people that I I know from school, people I know that I you know grew up with, teachers. Um, I worked for the city in high school and college and and you know just being able to care for people who you know um, it's just it's an amazing amazing opportunity to help people uh, each and every day and and I can't imagine doing anything else another man who was well acquainted with the beauty of Catholic funerals is the Director of Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services for the Archdiocese of Detroit, Bob Hojanaki. For Bob, the job drew him in with one word. I, it wasn't so much the Catholic cemeteries. It was the word Catholic. I didn't know much about the cemeteries at all. I wanted a change in my life. I was born and raised Catholic. My mom taught for the Archdiocese for 40 years. And I was coaxed into it, went through the interview process, and uh, just love my job and love what the cemeteries bring every single day. When it comes to the ins and outs of Catholic funerals, it's his job to know everything. So CFCS, Catholic Funeral Cemetery Service, is a ministry of the Archdiocese of Detroit, and we represent more than just another option for end-of-life services. We have sacred and consecrated grounds. We're extension of your parish. We provide perpetual care. We help families contribute to their local community. And we pray with your loved ones. We have committal services um, at the cemeteries and also our mission programs that no other uh, secular cemeteries provide. We have a Mother Teresa program, which provides at no cost um, full body burials. Our All Souls Remembrance program, which um, provides free interments for cremated remains, precious live programs, 
which have free interments for infant loss, and then our Family Heritage Program, which keeps families together all in one area. The Archdiocese has six Catholic cemeteries, one of them dating back to 1928. A Catholic funeral means the body is buried in a consecrated burial ground, meaning that the archbishop or a bishop in some cases consecrates the ground. There is also a funeral vigil, usually done at the funeral home, a funeral mass, and the rite of committal, which is done at the cemetery. When a family comes to speak to Bob, it's his hope to express how important a Catholic funeral is for someone who was Catholic. Well, it's a final expression, you know, of their faith as Catholics, uh, to bring them into our Catholic cemeteries. It's an opportunity to, that awaits them, you know, for at the end of life, at the resurrection. Uh, by burying the bodies of the faithful, we confirm that our faith in the resurrection of the body, that death is not the end. If Tim is the person you want preparing your loved one's funeral, the final expression of one's Catholic faith, then the man you want beside your loved one's bed in their final days is Father Rich Bartosik. Because his job, teaching patients about what to expect after this final expression of faith, is his singular focus. It's his work as a chaplain and his hope that every patient understands this. One of the best stories was when I was working with a little boy who was only 10 years old. The way I got into healthcare was I worked with people when I was first ordained and I was in a city parish at St. Jude's in Detroit. I was one of three or four priests who publicly would say to people we would go meet with, go to families of people who were living with HIV and AIDS. We were go and meet with them. And one little boy who was born with HIV was expected only to live till five. Michael lived until he was 10. And Michael was one of the strongest people I ever knew. Michael would play soccer, pulling an IV pole down a soccer field. People have a hard time pulling an IV pole on carpeting. This little guy pulled it down a soccer field. Last couple months of his life, Michael was um, in um, in the hospital at Children's in Detroit, and I would go every about every every other every second night to see him. And one night, he asked me the question I knew was going to come. He said, "What's it going to be like when I die, Father Rich?" And I just prayed for the right answer from the Holy Spirit when that would come. And I said, Michael, when you die, the angels are going to come to get you. And we're not going to be able to see them. But you're going to see them. And when they come, go with them. And this is going to be over. You're not going to hurt anymore. Your tummy's not going to hurt. You're going to be able to eat. You're going to be able to do everything you want to do in heaven, home with Jesus. He said, okay. And that was it. No further discussion, no questions. Three weeks later, I got called. He was dying on a Monday afternoon, and I got to Children's Hospital um, in time. And we were in, I was in the room, and his parents and grandparents were there, and he said, and he was alert. He said, Father Rich, they're all here. And I said, yep, look at your family's all here with you. Everybody loves you. We love you, Michael. And he said, no, they're all here. Look, up there, they're there. And I said, who's there? And I forgot. And he said, the angels are here, and it's time to go. And we had to get his brother in the room quickly. And we prayed. And within a half hour, Michael died. Michael went home to God. It's these ineffable minutes between a person's physical life and spiritual life that Father Rich deals with on a daily basis. For the last 27 years, he's been working in chaplaincy, accompanying patients through fears, anguish, joys, anger, and reconciliation. He's been the director of Gross Point Beaumont's chaplains for 17 years. He's on the board of multiple hospitals and the National Association of Catholic Chaplains. In his department, he oversees seven chaplains and says Mass five days a week in the hospital chapel. Part of that care 
is that we visit our 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 attempt is to visit every patient at least once in their um in in their stay here in the hospital uh sometimes it's possible sometimes it's not if they're out for tests and some people come in um at night and go home the next afternoon so we don't get to them but with with um catholic presence we will try and um we we certainly attempt to visit every every patient but as we see our catholic patients they're offered communion every day that they're here we have eucharistic ministers who take communion around to the patients every day um i um i go around and i um offer the the uh, catholic patients to receive the sacrament of the sick the anointing of the sick and also here we have a um in our hospital we it was developed through spiritual care we have five um five rooms that are hospice rooms where hospice patients may be at end of life and um those rooms are a whole lot more comfortable than the regular room they have um recliners they have um refrigerators families can stay right there overnight if they'd like families can take showers just bring clothes and stay there they have both speaker systems in the room um it's a whole lot more comfortable room and part of our goal in that is we make we try to make um our end of life our end of life process our care of the dying the most comfortable it can be a lot of our families will say and they'll who stay in those rooms it's like we're in our own house but the hospital's through that door right there our goal with our usually we have three chaplains in every day except for weekends um weekends uh usually one on saturday and two on sunday and our goal is to see um all of the new admits every day uh, who came in the day before and then our we also go make rounds through the intensive care every day we make rounds to our hospice patients every day or people who are facing at end of life maybe under palliative care too in his years of working with the dying he's seen a whole spectrum of people and their levels of preparation for life after death everybody's death is different for some people there's fear at the time of death there's fear as they approach it um there are some people who can't wait we just had a lady pass away uh last week not here but she was here and she went to a different place for hospice and I visit I followed her and visited her there too in Newark cuz she comes to mass here on Sunday she could not wait to die she was so anxious to go home to god she was very anxious to be reunited with her family in heaven all she kept saying is how soon can we do this and i said well it's god's time when it happens then there are those who are more apprehensive um some have said don't bother with me um i know where i'm going and it's not the good place and so that that takes us a little bit more time to make them realize that they are god's gift God did create them. God does love them, and hopefully we reconnect them with their relationship with God. Not everyone he meets is welcome to this message. A lot of times people are will be afraid and um they might say I haven't been as good a person as I should have in life. And so then we talk about reconciliation. We talk about receiving a going um making confession, going through the sacrament of reconciliation. And people can't believe People have a hard time understanding God's forgiveness because they look at it from a human aspect, not God's unconditional love. People have a very hard time understanding that God has a love that's unconditional. And they can just look at family or friends or people who got mad at them in life and they think God is holds on to it the way they hold grudges. People think that God holds a grudge the way people hold grudges 
And that's a hard time. That's a hard uh, thing for people to understand and let go of sometimes. Um, that whole thing with grudges, because and then I'll say, are you holding a grudge against anyone? Maybe that's hindering your dying. How how can you let go of that? How important was that? What really happened? Did life go on? You know, and helping people through those processes. And because of the many relationships he's developed with patients and their families over the years, the Catholic funeral and its rituals and the solace they offer have grown deeply profound to him. I think our our funeral liturgy, when it is celebrated correctly, is one of the most meaningful celebrations of death there can be. Because we start off with the signs of baptism. We start off with blessing the body with holy water, recalling their baptism. We start off by um, um, putting the white cloth over the casket, which is a sign of their baptism. We have, when they brought up to the aisle, we their their casket or their ashes. There's the a Paschal candle, a sign of the light of Christ that person was to carry with them throughout their life. Those symbols are such rich symbols to talk about in terms of the person's life. And then the scripture readings, I do. I try and talk with every family before a funeral, whether I've known them a long time or not, because I want to make it as personal as I can. I want it to be a personal celebration for that family and about that person we're remembering. The, the whole liturgy with the Eucharist itself and the music that we have, um, and, and then also at the end, our closing prayers with uh, um, our closing prayers uh, with the incense and in the incense of, of the offering of this person and uh, their, our prayers going back to God for this person. I think the liturgy has such a beautiful, it can have such beautiful meaning and the symbols of it. And um, when people don't have a Catholic liturgy or they don't, just are buried from the funeral home, and that happens a lot lately. Lots of times, children aren't going to church anymore. They bury their parents in a funeral home and don't bring them to church. They might have been every daily communicants, but they don't bring them there. And I think um, the funeral is for the living, but it's also about the journey of the person we're remembering. And to not include, not have that person come to the church for mass or not, not welcome them for the funeral mass and the uh, liturgy of resurrection. And it is, it's not a requiem mass. It's a liturgy of resurrection, of celebrating their, their faith, celebrating their Easter, going home to God. As Catholics, we are born and baptized with the indelible reminder of our final resting place. We know that we are not made for this world, but that doesn't make death easy to contemplate. But for the mother that's lost a child, the widower missing his bride, the grandchildren wondering where grandpa went, there's a comfort in the reminder that our loved ones and ourselves are eternally his. Detroit Stories is a production of Detroit Catholic and the Communications Department of the Archdiocese of Detroit. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. As Catholics, we pray, worship, and live in holy spaces. From grandiose cathedrals to tiny adoration chapels where we meet Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. But what about our final resting place? A Catholic burial in consecrated ground among fellow believers is the sacred rite of every Catholic. A tradition since the catacombs, it is the final expression of our Catholic faith, a silent witness to our hope in the resurrection. Archdiocese of Detroit Catholic cemeteries provide an environment of comfort and solace for loved ones, a powerful reminder of our eternal life with Jesus Christ. Offer your family this gift by planning for your eternal rest in a Catholic cemetery. 
To learn more about the work of Catholic Funeral and Cemetery Services, our history and our Catholic burial traditions, call and visit one of our locations today. We're ready to help ensure that your wishes are met and provide peace of mind for yourself and your loved ones.